welcome back to the podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the letter of James. Now, we live in a world that tells us what to think day by day. Is that something a Christian should just live with? Well, James in this letter, he wants to warn us about double-mindedness, living as if we are a Christian and a non-Christian at the same time. So let's dive in and hear what he has to say. What makes someone religious? As we look around the world today, there are a number of ideas about what makes someone religious. Here are the top three from Google. Perhaps it's someone who's very conscientious. They care about the world around them. They always recycle and they even own a compost bin. Maybe it's someone who is diligent in their religious practice. They're at church at 10.25 every Sunday and they've never missed a prayer meeting. Or is it someone whose faith is obvious in their daily activities? They wear a cross on their neck, they're baking bread for the homeless, and somehow they manage to turn every conversation into something about faith. What is it that makes someone religious? Well, in our passage tonight, James is going to tackle that question. But as we come to look at it, remember the context that we're in. James is still talking about God's word and he said that we are to listen to that word but not only listen, we are to do that word. There's a connection between listening to God's word and doing God's word. The two go hand in hand. You can't have a listener and not a doer, says James. And you can't have a doer who's not a listener either. So as we come to think about what James says is true religion, we don't want to suck his words into a vacuum. In fact, James is still talking about being double-minded. That's his theme in the whole of this letter. He wants his readers, and that includes us, to single-mindedly follow God. So what does James say true religion is? Let me read for us from verse 19 down to verse 27. James chapter 1. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So what does James say true religion is? There are three things he highlights for us in these two verses, so let's take a look. The first thing is a tight-reined tongue. You can see that in verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. 
That's quite strong language, isn't it? Their religion is worthless, fruitless, empty, all because of the tongue. So therefore, the flip side would be that those who do keep a tight rein on their tongues have true religion. So the big question is, what does the tongue have to do with religion? Well, if we remember a couple of weeks back, we might notice the connection back to verse 19. Let me read that for us. James 1 verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. James has already said that we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. So if we've listened to what he's said, our tongue should be on a tight rein, shouldn't they? So what James is saying here is that people who do not control their tongues are not putting what they hear into practice. And by doing so, their religion is worthless. So how well do we get on with keeping a tight rein on our tongues? We thought about it a couple of weeks back, but have we put it into practice? James seems to think it's a major issue. So much of an issue that someone who considers themselves religious can be shown up by it. It's an issue we'll think more about in the coming weeks. But for now, true religion involves a tight-reined tongue. On to verse 27, where the description is more positive. James 1 verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The second of the marks of true religion is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Now, as we read that, perhaps we're thinking, those are odd things to highlight. Of course, it is good to look after orphans and widows, but is that it? Let's shut down the food banks, homeless shelters and stop giving money to overseas mission. But if we're thinking that, which I hope we're not, we're missing what James is saying. Remember, James has been talking about the word of God and that comes in very handy here. First of all, we need to remember who God is, a mark of wisdom, remember? And James has been talking about God as our father. You see that at the start of the verse. James could have easily removed those two words. He could have tipexed over those words and the meaning might not have changed much in our minds. But those words are important. Do you remember verses 13 to 18? Those verses about not saying, I'm being tempted by God. Well, there we saw two births and two different dads. Either the dad of temptation or God the father. So when we get to verse 27, we need to remember that. If God is our father, we ought to look like him. We should show family resemblance. And if we follow that theme, we'll find that our father is described all the way through the Old Testament as a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. That's from Psalm 68 verse 5, if you want to look it up after this. A father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. And throughout the Bible, God calls his people to be the same, to show the family likeness. And that family likeness is used as shorthand for caring for people generally. You can go and read Exodus chapter 22 or Isaiah chapter 1. They make that point. God cares about people and therefore his children should do the same. To listen to God's word and to do God's word go hand in hand. I think we can all agree that that's right. I mean, we've seen it in James for a few weeks now, haven't we? 
But James's point comes in here. If he were to draw uh, two circles uh, of listening on one side and doing on the other, where would we place ourselves in this Venn diagram of listening on one side and doing on another? See, on one end would be a Christian who listens to what God says and is very attentive to it. But they just listen and it doesn't affect their lives. Meanwhile, on the other extreme is a Christian who is all about social action. They're always in the community. They're running the soup kitchen, etc., etc. But when it comes to listening to what God says in his word, well, they don't. And James here is saying that both of those responses are wrong. Listening and doing cannot be separated. A church, a Christian who is Bible-centred, will be a church or a Christian that listens to God's word and does it. And James says that how you care for others is an indicator of where you fall on that scale. So where do you fall on that scale? True religion, James says, is a religion that listens to God's word and puts it into practice. And in this case, that means caring for others. And finally, James's final mark here in verse 27, is to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Talking about fathers, one of the things I had to become acquainted with when we first had Joanna was stain remover. As you get older and you start to care more about your belongings, you start to avoid those things that cause stains. You step over the muddy puddle rather than jumping into it. You stop wearing a bib when you're eating spaghetti bolognese. To be mature is to avoid getting stained, to avoid being polluted. And James is saying that here, true religion is a religion that's not stained, a religion that is not polluted by the world. Well, what does that look like? It takes us back to being double-minded again. Do you remember we saw the areas of worry, wisdom and wealth right at the start of the letter? And those three things, James was pointing out, can be affected by worldliness. Seeing worries, trials as God punishing us. Seeing wisdom as partly from God and partly from the world around us. To see wealth as something we need to run after. To be polluted by the world is, in effect, to become double-minded. To be distracted from following God wholeheartedly. So what should we do about it? Just notice, James doesn't advocate leaving the world. There's a story of a man who went to his local library with some tipex. His plan was to remove all the ideas and the words that were sinful in all the books he could find. James isn't advocating doing that. That would be like a parent with that child earlier going around town removing all the muddy puddles. And once they've done that, starting a campaign against Olmio to ban spaghetti bolognese. Isn't that a silly idea? Now, James isn't calling Christians to step out of the world. He doesn't call Christians to go out and tipex the world. Instead, he calls Christians to keep themselves from being polluted by the world. That might look different for all of us. Here's one specific example of what James is saying. How easy do we find it to respect authority? That's an issue that's at the top of the news at the moment, either in the way we obey the lockdown or how we see the actions of the police around us. God calls us to respect the authorities he's placed over us. But the world does not share that same idea. 
I find it hard to respect authority when I've read all the information that social media or the news has to offer. To be unpolluted, to be unstained by the world in that situation might mean for me switching off the news or not reading every comment made on social media and instead reminding myself of what God says about authority in places like Romans 13 or 1 Peter chapter 2. Hopefully you can see how that might look in your life. James wants us to listen to his warning. But what James doesn't want us to do is to just listen and not do something about it. Hopefully the Holy Spirit has been prodding you over something this evening. Now be like Nike and just do it. So how religious are we using James's three marks of religion? Do we have a tight rein on our tongues? Do we genuinely care for others? Do we keep stain free? This letter is immensely practical, isn't it? And it's amazingly easy to understand. The issue comes down to actually doing what it says. The good news in all of this, though, the good news I've pointed to for a few weeks now, is the promise that James highlighted back in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. To be more godly, to have wisdom, is something that's on offer to us. So as we see James's three marks this evening, well, we know that we fall short. But we don't lack the resources to do it. Instead, we can ask God to help. And the good news is, it will be given to you. And given to you generously. Well, hopefully that gave us some things to think about. Join us again next week.